bum, 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 bum. Bye, Madison. Hi, everyone. It's Madison, and I am joining... Me. Who are you? Lila. One of these days, I'll remember who my children are. You know who I am. I have no idea. Yes, you do. Well, what are they listening to? This is what? Lila's Lessons. Oh, it's your lessons. You're going to you're gonna school me here. What are we talking about today? Big cats. Big cats? Oh, you mean like the fat one next door? No, like leopards and cheetahs and lions and incineroar. And bears. No. Oh, but lions and tigers and bear. Oh, my. Mom, really? Cats are felines, right? What are felines? Felines are cats. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know about them? They are all predators. So, like, they hunt Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, I don't even know what that is, Mom! (laughs) Okay, keep going. What about them? Tell me more. They are mammals. They all have fur, except for some cats. And they're all cute. They are... Hey, we agree on something. (laughs) There's a lot we don't agree on in this. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's good. I love you. So, what makes felines or big cats, like, special? They have retractable claws, and they see well at night. They have night vision, tongue thingies, spines, papillae, whatever. Oh, wait, wait. So, like, that's, like, why the cat tongue, like, hurts when they lick you, right? Well, it doesn't hurt, but you can feel it. They're, like, little straws almost, right? Yeah, it helps them to groom themselves, drink water, other stuff. Other stuff. What's the other stuff? I don't know. What is the other stuff? (laughs) I don't know. Eat donuts. Eat donuts. Rusty eats donuts. <laughs> Our cat's a weirdo. He's a mutant. <laughs> he is a mutant. What else do like felines do? They can climb. Well, they can put or they can roar. But they can't do both, right? They could. I thought that like the big cats, they either roar or purr. Like lions and tigers roar. Yeah, you're right. They roar up or purr. And camouflage. Big cats all do have some some form of camouflage, whether it's disruptive or other stuff. Concealing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's not like a mimicry. It's like disruptive or concealing camouflage, right? Yeah. And just so everyone knows, we, we work hard to prepare for these. We've watched so many nature documentaries this time and read so many books. Uh, I want to talk about lions, though. They have some really cool adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, like what? They have manes, and no other cats have manes. They're the only ones. And we know that they are there to show the ladies how beautiful they are. Or to protect some from biting their necks, but sure. Well, that's because the male lions aggravated the female lions because the female lions did all the work, and the men sat around and watched TV. That sounds like real life, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's something special, though, too, like, right? Like, they're, like, communal, right? So lions have culture. They do? Only this one group of lions, they can climb trees. And it's clear that one of them learned to do it, and it was passing it on to one, another one, and another one, and another one. So, like, lions are smart enough that they actually have some sort of culture, and they pass it down then. Yes, like school. Ah. <sighs> Well, because all lions can climb trees, but they don't like to stay up no, there, No, they right? don't. They stay up there for one minute. Okay, I went down. And the ones we learned about, they, like, prefer to be in the trees now. Yeah. And those specific trees have poison that can bind them, but it doesn't seem to affect them. Yeah, so it's almost like another adaptation because, like, they're protected from other uh, other predators. Yes, it is. Uh, well, and also, I, I was thinking, you know, being the communal animals that they have prides, too. Like They're the only big cats. Who live in a group. Well, so you mean like we all got to be watching out here 
a bunch of pyroar are going to come attack you at the same time. Well, and lions have like another thing too, right? Yeah. They have uh, that concealing camouflage, right? Yeah, it helps them blend in with the savanna and the tall grasses. Which is why they're like tan. Yeah, that, exactly. That's totally it. And I, I, I feel like, I know sometimes people get confused between the two different types of camouflage. How do you remember disruptive and concealing? Concealing is only one color and disruptive is like patterns and shapes. I think of it as like concealer, like, you know, when concealer on your face. I don't know what that is. And I have a feeling that you might not ever, but your younger sister will. That's fine. Uh, concealer is used to cover up spots and blemishes. Uh, on your face yeah <laughs> uh, and I think of it like that whereas disruptive is almost like things like breaking right like blah, interrupting and I think of spots and patterns as being like interrupting okay well that's how I would describe it to my students sorry tigers they have stripes and they're disruptive camouflage yeah so it like helps them blend in because it it disruptive camouflage works because it's it's a non-consistent pattern and it works well in environments where the pattern and colorations they like vary, right? Yeah. So like forests and woods, and it works really good in those settings. It allows it to blend more naturally rather than, you know, like you have all these different tall grasses and all of a sudden like this orange blob behind it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh what else do they do? They can swim. Yeah, that's a great adaptation. They like to. I saw them swimming at the zoo once. Yeah. So remember, tigers are the only big cat that can fight a shark. No. I bet there would be a who would win book on that. I think there probably is. There's okay. stupid books where they're like, they don't live in the same habitat at all, but we'll just throw them together and fight. <laughs> I love you. They are the biggest. Yeah, they're huge. We've gotten like, I think the one at Cleveland Zoo, we've been maybe like three feet away from before. Oh, it's, it's adorable. Yeah, they're huge though. Massive, massive They have huge paws. Yeah, I don't want to touch those paws. I'm good. (laughs) Haley wants to cuddle it. (laughs) Yeah, well, your sister is a bit more reckless than I am. Uh, She hates them now. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Kind of ruined tigers for her. Uh, Lynxes. They have hair tufts on their ears. We're not sure. No one's sure why, but here are some ideas to help them hear, to keep warm. To hear movement? Well, it wasn't to initially to hear movement. I think they were thinking that it was like a seal or sea lion whiskers uh, sensing the vibrations in the air. Yeah, but no one knows for sure why they are there. Watch, the real reason is just because it looks cool. <laughs> I mean, it might be. I don't know. I mean, to attract the girls? No, but they all have the ear tufts. And they do all have the ear <laughs> they're just They're just all really cool. I think they look cool. Yeah, they do look cool. But also, like, lynxes, uh, they're really great because they can navigate well, right? Because they... Um, and they have big paws. Yeah, and those big paws, like, act um, kind of like... Uh, shoes. Yeah, like snowshoes, right? Yes. Like when you're wearing those tennis racket ones? Yeah, and we got all wet at Girl Scouts. Yeah, we did go snowshoeing. You and your sister hated it. <laughs> I was so hungry. <laughs> I liked it. It was fun. I got hungry. Yeah, that's true. It was a lot of work. But, like, they they were so big that, like, we never sung. did never sing. We're also going to talk about uh, snow leopards today, right? Cutie, they have huge paws. They act like snowshoes. Act like snowshoes. They have a long, big, fluffy tail. It's to help them balance, and they also curl up with it to keep warm. Oh, it's like a little blankie? No. Oh, okay. 
Do you use your hair for a blanket? If it got long enough. Ew! <laughs> what if it was dirty? What if you had lice? <laughs> That's fair. Okay, true enough. They also have the, the disruptive camouflage with spots too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Them and cheetahs are the only big cats that can purr. It is adorable. Yeah, they're really cute. So let me ask you this really quick before we talk about Pokemon. Ask them. How are these big cats adapting to changing worlds? <sighs> it's sad, but... Well, this is why Haley hates tigers now. So Haley hates tigers because how are they adapting to lions or eating people? Yeah, that's true. We 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 talked about that and watched some specials on that. Some of the lions in certain communities in Africa, uh, because people are encroaching upon their territories, it's like a, it's an easy food source. And it's it's the humans' fault. They're well. So unfortunately, it, what is true is that it ends up happening a lot more often to poorer communities or uh you know cultures that you know i mean essentially that's it cultures that don't have you know the the economic resources uh and it's it's really frustrating but the big thing the thing that made your sister angry is that the tigers and lions are both they'll eat dogs and pets yeah they eat pets and we, we watched a whole tiger special about people in russia moving into tiger territories they were eating the pets and your sister was so angry i didn't know she that was happening crying. i was making dinner i know i was making dinner and i heard her like it was like it was, uh, so at some point last week i heard her screaming and i was like oh my god what happened she, the tiger ate a like, dog <laughs> she was so upset i felt so bad tiger. and i guess the truth is and i I don't know if you want to say it or you want me to say it, but like the truth is that many of them just aren't adapting. They're not adapting. They are just dying off. And Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, let's switch to some Pokemon. You ready? Yeah. So we're not going to talk about every big cat Pokemon, and there's some that we're probably not going to mention that you're going to be like, wait a minute, what about this guy? We're going to do the ones that we're going to say, without a doubt, fit the themes for today. So Luxray, we would say is? Link. Yeah, it's clearly a Link. Lightbird is a? Lightbird. Uh, you and I are going to argue on this one. I still think Landorus uh, Therian uh, is a tiger. No. Pyroar? That's a hard one. It's a lion. Yeah, that's a really hard one. Uh, Incineroar? Tiggy. Yeah, he's the best. I love Incineroar. I have a tour cat, not an Incineroar, but it's adorable and I want one. Uh, Sogaleo? Lion? Now, the next one is going to be debatable for some people, but I really think because of the location of the game, where the region takes place. Mascarada is an Iberian link. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, like, it fits the whole genre what about, of being... What about Sprigatito? The cutest. Well, I, I was thinking, though, to go back to our last episode, because last time we talked about Fue Coco, cool. and, like, there's, like, Nile crocodile themes there, too. So, like, these are, like, Mediterranean animals. Yeah, and that's good. Well, no, but, it, like, it, it fits the region the game takes that's place That's what in. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Chin Pao. Chimpao, Snow Leopard. I hope we said that right. <laughs> Snow Leopard or Smilodon. Yeah, Smilodon is the saber-toothed cats. Haley likes to... Your sister has a Smilodon uh, stuffed animal, doesn't she? She's, she calls it scary, though. <laughs> Not from Man- has a Mancino she named Predator. No, she's pretty great with names. She just <laughs> named her Snorlax for Valentine's Day fat, uh, Fart Boy. Fart Man. <laughs> That's it, Fart Man. <laughs> I, like, I like her Pokemon names. They're my favorite. Well, me. Yours are pretty cool. Yours are like yours are th- yours are thoughtful, and Haley's are just like okay, sure. <laughs> her Aerodactyl's named Parrot. I was like, I love it. And her um, Cantaloupe. Yeah, Cantaloupe. Her Dracozolt is. is what named about Ra Ra Ra? Ra 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 is her favorite. Her Toadile's name is Ra Ra Ra. 
Let's move on. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Pokemon and their adaptations, just like we did last time. Luxray. We're going to start with Luxray. And Luxray has a ton of adaptations, right? It can see through walls. Like, how does that help him as a predator? Find humans and watch out for them. I think, like, and you and I talked about this in one of the panels we've done, uh, the pre- Poke Predator panel that we did last year. I think Luxray would be cool because, you know, it could see where its prey is hiding. Yeah, well, would a rabbit really be hiding in a human's home? Well, no, but, like, if it's hiding behind, like, you know... Bush? Yeah, like, Luxray's like, hey, I see you, and I'm gonna eat you. Goodbye, bye. Um, but also, like, Luxray makes electricity. Yeah, kind of a terrible adaptation. No, I think that's really good. We see a lot of predators in the real world have it. Yeah, but think of, think of, like, okay, but, like, you and I talked about, like, the Stargazer, remember? Yeah. Okay, well, Stargazers do what with their electricity? They, like, stun things, right? Yeah. Well, I think that would be like Lux Racing too. I would argue that electricity is honestly a better adaptation than fire. Yeah, probably. Because like the ability to grab a prey quickly and like paralyze it, I think it makes it successful. Because as you were telling me, lynxes, you know, they're not always... No, uh, they're not really successful. Yeah. Like house cats are more successful, right? House cats almost... Um, eat all the birds. What else do Luxray adaptation? What other adaptation does Luxray have? Can sleep to regain energy, and that's that's a really good good adaptation because it's not gonna be successful with the hunt a lot. It's not gonna get prey a lot, and if it can just sleep and have energy, it's gonna increase its survival rate. Yeah, I think I think it and it fits into what you and I learned about like tigers too. Like because they're not successful on hunts. Like, the ability to regain its own energy is almost... Amazing. Almost a game changer. Like, it can just go that much longer without a successful hunt. Yeah. Like, let's say that they didn't catch a prey for a week and it had kids. I don't know. I can't think of a scenario. (laughs) I'm not a cat. No, I mean, I think that's it. Yeah, like, if it doesn't get to eat for a week, like, it's still able to keep hunting. Yeah. I think that's a pretty great adaptation. All right, so Landris, Therian, uh, you're going to argue with me on this one, I know, but... I think floating's an adaptation. No. What could it go and do? Just float and look and then fall and die? Well, no. I think floating's a great adaptation because it's not like wing flight where you can hear the wing flaps. It's almost like you can sneak quietly without without rustling grass. What about the cloud or whatever it's floating on? Oh, you think the cloud makes sounds? No. I think that they would notice an orange blob in a cloud. Okay, that's fair too. Okay, fine. <laughs> Way to rain on my parade. Okay, uh, what about Pyroar? What adaptations does Pyroar have? Looks in a pride. Okay, so how's that an adaptation? Explain that. Because they can protect each other, and if one of them makes a hunt and the other doesn't, then they'll still get to eat. It's not like they'll go starve. Well, and I've seen lion prides take down elephants. Like, you know, like 10, 10 lions attacking an elephant at the same time. Well, an elephant, you know, it's huge. It's still going to lose, though. So I think that's a really awesome adaptation, that, that collaboration. I mean, that's what makes humans We're such gonna a great... We're going to argue on Pyroar. Yeah, I know. We argued the whole last episode. We'll keep it short this time. We argued the whole last episode that you really don't think fire is an adaptation. It's not. You'll burn down its habitat. <laughs> I still think it makes it, like, so you can hunt from a distance. That's, to me, like... And you burn down your habitat and you killed yourself? Okay, okay. That's fine. I love you. We're agreeing to disagree. Incineroar? Strong. It can catch. Okay, so how's that an adaptation for him? He can catch prey better. Yeah, I think so. I think that makes him a more successful hunter, right? Protect himself better. Well, and he knows how to do a punch and kick. Yeah, which would make him more effective hunting, right? Yeah. 
Like he could see a prey and be like, I'm going to hit that prey right between the eyes. I'm sorry, Incineroar, shooting fire is not an adaptation. <laughs> I don't know. Like to me, it's still, here's my thought. Incineroar is a close range fighter, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's say he's like grappling with something and like it's trying to get away. He can burn it pretty quick and then like his prey's dead. Yeah, but he's also dead. Well, no, he's like resistant. No. Did it say he's resistant to fire? <laughs> no, he's not. Okay, that's fair. Um, Sogaleo makes its own light, which is a bad adaptation, though. Wait, why is it a bad adaptation? If you're hunting at night and, and nothing can see you, it's in the dark, and then boom, you light up, everything can see you, you get no food. Or you become the food, as uh, my D&D group learned last week. <laughs> uh also, like, he's made of steel, right? I don't know how that's an adaptation, but I guess. I mean, like, he can't be hurt. If someone cuts it. How do you cut steel? I don't know. He cuts himself. He cuts himself? I do it's like that. like diamond, diamond on diamond action. I do that sometimes on accident. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Uh, what about Meowskarada? I think we both agree on this one. It sets up the magic flowers. To make a traps and the traps, I think it'd be easier to catch prey because then it wouldn't have to go run up and fail. It should just wait. Well, they're like they're like pollen traps too. Like I think they're almost like smoke bombs, right? Smoke bombs. That's kind of cool though, like because you can ambush really easily. But who's allergic to pollen? I am. <gasps> no, you can't have a masquerada. <gasps> Don't you dare! I'm waiting for her to come out as a plush. <laughs> Also, though, like, because she has a flower, like, she doesn't have to get close, right? I mean, to get her prey out of the trap, yeah. Well, but, like, hunting from a distance is an adaptation, though, too, right? Yeah. Because? Uh, because she's less likely. To get hurt? Yeah, right? Like, if you don't have to get close to your prey, it doesn't pose a risk to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge adaptation because we know when you and I watch the lion documentary, like injuries that these animals sustain, like can be life-threatening. Yeah. Okay, and we're going to apologize if we're saying this wrong. We don't know how to say this one yet. Uh, Chien but we, Pao. We, Chien Pao? Chien Pao. Chien Pao. Chien Pao. I think it's Chien Pao. Chien Pao? I love her. I love her. She's my baby. Pokemon, correct us if we're wrong. I don't know. She has some cool adaptations, right? Yeah. She can cause avalanches, which is a terrible adaptation, though. Well, but, like, we also know that she can jump in and out of snow, so maybe it's good for her? What if she avalanches on herself? It says that she can, like, move in and out of the snowdrifts easily. I think of it like the way a dolphin, like, can jump up into the air and then cut through the water. Not true. But, like, that's how a sand shark, that's the idea behind a, behind a sand shark, Lila. I think that is an adaptation to be able to cause the avalanches and go in and out of them. I guess. I don't know. It's okay if we disagree. Like, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> the sword-like teeth, though, I think that's a great yeah. adaptation. Because then it can just, it's prey. Though, I do I do worry that those, those it, her teeth are so big that they might get, like, injured. Yeah. What if they don't grow? Yeah, that's a problem. Well, when we've read about a lot of predators that, like, lose teeth over their lifetime, because that's a common thing, too, where predators grow teeth constantly, right? And then they just lose them and lose them and lose them and grow them and grow them and grow them and lose them more and more and more and more. We're going to reach the end part here. We talked about Pokemon and we talked about a lot of the animals. So let's talk here as we close this episode out about their threats, right? 
there are like three big threats we want to talk about with these big cats, Habitat right? loss, logging, and poaching. Well, those are two of them. So habitat loss and like logging are kind of interconnected, right? Yeah. Can you explain the the logging one for us? Well, so people are cutting down trees too fast and not planting the tree, trees while they go. And it's taking away the habitat. And so, yeah, that's giving you more wood to build. But also, it's giving the, these cats less space and other animals less space to live. We learned that was like especially a problem for tigers and lynxes, yeah. right? That they just don't have enough space or like their hand their homes are being destroyed. Well, and and so the habitat loss is not only the logging though, cuz it can also tie into the uh climate change. Well, climate change is definitely part of it, but I was thinking of like what we saw with the tigers where like people were moving in on their territories. Mm-hmm. And they're eating dogs. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's gonna scar your sister for life. No, I don't like tigers anymore. They eat dogs. I think that's a really big issue. Is that like their habitats are being like massively cut? They are, and they don't they don't have anywhere to go. But poaching's a big one too, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with tiger paw. Uh huh. People like make like soup out of it. Uh, and then the last one is one that you were telling me about. Well, people are over hunting the animals and illegally they don't get in trouble for it i'm sure but they're illegally over hunting these cats i don't know what do you want to call them well this happens in the american west too with like the the bobcat right and wolves yeah yeah it's kind of a problem we definitely need to be mindful of it uh but i feel like this one we have more action steps than we did with crocodilians yeah so, like, what are some things we can do? We can recycle tree products, paper, pencils. Yeah. And, well, and buy recycled tree products, right? Yeah. I know the idea of recycled toilet paper makes some people gross, but it's like, you know, you're not using someone's poop toilet paper. <laughs> you just gave me the worst death stare. <laughs> uh, you're rolling your eyes at me. Thank you. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's really the thing, though, like recycled paper products. What else? What else we got? Educating people on that they're endangered can help. Yeah, every source we found said that this was like the big thing, right? Yeah. And I know when we were watching about the tigers, they talked about how they were educating people, like the Russian community in that area, right? Yeah, about how tigers... Yeah, they're important. Remember, because they said that they started saving some of them yeah. and the ecosystems came back. Yeah, that's what happened with... That's what happened with what's it called, lynx. The Iberian lynx. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a second. But I do want to talk about the tigers because uh, I want to tie that in. You and I were talking uh, re- talking about um, listening to, like, indigenous people, especially with the tigers. Yeah. Because um, there were several indigenous groups in India, like, doing work uh, to preserve. I mean, because, like, these are people that have had cultures that have lived with them for thousands of years. Yeah. And it, it, indigenous conservation, actually, like, specifically for tigers – is listed as like a, like one of the most vital things that we need to do. It really helped. Well, because these are communities that like know this better than people who are outsiders. Like they have, you know, generations upon generations of knowledge. But also more other people need to start doing this too. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I'm saying like often, you know, I feel like we don't put enough trust in, in the people that were there first. And we should. To make those decisions. We definitely should. I think captive breeding, though, that yeah. that's what you were talking about, the lynxes, right? Yeah, they were almost extinct, and then zoos 
had started breeding them, and that's the only thing that saved them. Yeah, they went from a population of 98 to over 1,100. That's insane. Yeah. That's so crazy. Mom thought they were extinct. I did. I did think they were extinct. Well, and like you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. We were talking about the Bronx Zoo and some of the animals that they've brought back. Um, like what? Remember we talked about like the the, the, the one-toed species in the American bison? Mm-hmm. I think I think that like really fits the captive breeding thing. And I know a lot of people think that captive breeding doesn't help, but it really it does, and it's important. Well, and I know people get angry. There, I know people who will be like, "Well, zoos are like jails," but like good zoos aren't like that, and they're doing conservation work. Like, there's a reason we pick the zoos we do. Like, we have memberships in Columbus because you know, even though it's a two-hour drive for us, like we don't care. I, yeah, I love the work they do. They do good work. And zoos are not like jails. I mean, bad ones. But good zoos, they're not like jails. They're actually saving animals. Which goes to our next point, which is that one of the big things you can do is... Visit. Only visit accredited zoos. No Tiger King. Bad Tiger King. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this too because we're planning our Florida trip. And we were looking at things we want to do while we were down near Sarasota. Because we're doing like a lap around the state (laughs) this summer. And, you know, Haley saw the tiger, like one of those people has like a tiger, tiger preserve king. or whatever it is. It wasn't the tiger king, but we we all, we were looking it up and like Kevin made the big point to Haley and explained it to her. Like, well, these are people that didn't get these animals the right way. And we don't want to support that. Like we want to support helping tigers. Like yeah. So unfortunately, I know we all get excited about T- Carol Baskins, but like legit, like only supporting accredited like zoos. you know conservation efforts yeah well accredited zoos that's the trick right also like big one you know just uh don't don't live where they live yeah <laughs> don't don't just don't live near a tiger or a ah, just build your community somewhere else somewhere else <laughs> just don't live there choose somewhere else anywhere else the last one though is one of my favorites them online not bringing them home don't bring the cats home <laughs> adapting them online through zoos and conservation programs can really help and you should do it and sometimes they send you a cute stuffed animal we used to do that with the uh, with turtles yeah. right we used to adopt the hawksbill uh turtle at columbus buddy buddy, so. buddy. okay well, with that said thank you for joining us on lila's lesson bye see you later